Hello. Welcome to the One Faithful Mom podcast. I'm your host, Dal Mole, and you are listening to episode number 24. Today, I want to offer some help and encouragement for all my mama friends out there who are homeschooling for the very first time this year. Maybe you've got a preschooler or a kindergartner and a couple of toddlers making messes and maybe a baby on your lap, and you've decided to homeschool your oldest this year and maybe even the younger ones too. Or maybe you pulled your children out of school. Maybe it was time to bring them home. It was something you've wanted to do for a long time. And this is the year you're going to homeschool. And maybe you've got a child in elementary school and middle school and maybe a high schooler. Or maybe you've got two or three kids in elementary school and some toddlers and babies. Or maybe, maybe COVID forced you into crisis schooling last year. But you discovered that the time you spent with your child at home, knowing what they were learning about, being able to help them and and witness those times when the light bulb goes off. And after doing that, you knew that you wanted to homeschool. Whatever your situation is, it doesn't matter if this is your first year homeschooling or, or maybe it's your second year homeschooling or third, but you still just need some encouragement. You don't feel like you've quite found your footing yet. If that's you, then let's jump into some encouragement and help so that you can make your first year of homeschooling the best year. Welcome back, friends. I am so glad to be back with you. And like I promised you last week, I am going to be bringing you some homeschool content over the next few weeks in part of a series that I'm calling Homeschool 201. So today I'm going to be talking to all my first time homeschool mamas. We've all been there. I well remember (laughs) my first year homeschooling. I remember one of the first things I told my husband was, I wish this year was over. And he looked at me and he said, why do you wish this year was over? And I said, because I don't think next year I'll feel quite as confused and unsure of what I'm doing. Next year, I'll feel better about this. Well, let me tell you, I just started my 26th year of homeschooling. And in a lot of ways, it is much easier I'm a lot more confident in what I'm doing now. I'm more confident in my curriculum choices. I know my children. I know what I like to do, what I don't like to do. I know the kinds of curriculum that are never going to work for me or my kids. But in a lot of ways, every year, it's starting over again. There is no plan in place that just goes on forever. You have to reevaluate every year. Your child is different. They move to a different grade. You have to figure out what you're going to use with them. So I do want to encourage you with that to start with. Just because this is your first year homeschooling does not mean that a veteran homeschooling mom like me is a 
thousand times more comfortable at this than you are. In a lot of ways, you're in the sweet spot right now because this is going to be the year, if you pulled your kids out of school, this is going to be the year you really get to know your children. And that excites me for you. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful experience. So first of all, congratulations on making the decision to teach your children at home, whether it's not going to look much different from day to day because they've been with you from the beginning and they're starting kindergarten, or whether all of a sudden these kids that have been gone to school all day every day are in the living room or at the kitchen table waiting for you to tell them what they're doing. Boy, that'll strike a note of fear in a mama's heart, won't it? Okay, we're going to jump into the content here in just one minute. But first, I want to be sure and direct you to a free download that I want you to go and grab. And so if you go to my website, if you go to onefaithfulmom.com slash begin, just the word begin, no capitals, nothing like that, you will see um, a a handout that I made last year to go along with my um, How to Homeschool series. But it will be very handy for you as you work your way through this first year. And to be honest, my daughter-in-law told me a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this that she felt like she wanted to use that every year to kind of kickstart her year. So I also want to tell you, this will be probably the longest episode of the Homeschool 201 series because I just need to give you all of this background information moving forward the um, episodes will be a little bit shorter. But I want to tell you how this series came about, and that is my daughter-in-law and my grandson and a couple of my children were on a little day trip a few weeks ago, and we were talking about a friend of ours who is homeschooling for the first time this year after um, crisis schooling last year, meaning her kid's school closed down and she had to bring the children home. And so she decided to start homeschooling this year. My daughter, home, my daughter-in-law homeschools my grandson. He is in fourth grade. And we were talking about some of the things some of the fears that this friend of ours has and just some of the things that she's not sure about. And then it kind of moved into a general, what are some of the things that new homeschooling moms struggle with, even moms who've been homeschooling for a while? My daughter-in-law, Heather, she's been homeschooling Zeke from the very beginning. So I guess if you count kindergarten, you'd say they're in their fifth year. But just things that moms still continue to struggle with. And so as I was driving down the road, I asked Heather to pull her phone out and just start taking some notes. And so on that three and a half hour trip home from where we were, we talked through this entire series and I started getting really excited about it because I knew it was the next thing I needed to do for my homeschool moms was put out a homeschool 201 series. For those of you that maybe aren't just starting but you still are struggling with your homeschool. So that's how this series came about, was just a conversation between me and my daughter-in-law about homeschooling. And I feel like that's the most natural way that we talk about these things. So that's kind of how I want to talk to you. You know, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I am not any kind of expert. I don't have a master's degree in education, but I feel like I probably have like a PhD in home education because I've been doing it for so long. My oldest son is 33 years old and I started homeschooling 
uh, right before he turned eight. He was seven years old when I started homeschooling him, or he was eight years old, and he's about to be 34, hence my 26 years. I've homeschooled 10 kids, and I still have three in high school. So my last three kids are in 12th grade, 11th grade, and 9th grade. So I'm I'm still in the thick of this with y'all. So let's jump into what I want to talk to you about, but go grab that download at onefaithfulmom.com slash begin, and then you can start working on that as you approach this year. And maybe if you get stuck at some point this year, you can go back to that and it'll help you just get your bearings. Okay, so let's talk about if your child is in kindergarten or younger. Let's say you've got a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, and you want to start doing homeschool kindergarten. Here's the first thing I want to tell you. Keep doing what you've been doing. Keep doing what you've been doing. Think about this child that you have that is kindergarten age. Let's think about all the things a kindergartner can do. They can sing songs. They memorize so easily. How many nursery rhymes, finger plays, songs, dare I say it, television commercials, How many things has your kindergartner memorized in their little short life? They do that because they've been exposed to things over and over and over again. They can dress themselves. They can feed themselves. They can go to the bathroom. They can do chores. A kid who's in kindergarten can do a lot of chores. They're way beyond just emptying the silverware out of the dishwasher. They can do They can do things that are truly helpful to be part of the team, which is your family. You've taught them all kinds of things. You've taught them maybe to take care of a family pet. Maybe you've taught them to tie their shoes. There's all kinds of things that they've learned to do. And how did they learn to do those things? They learned to do those things just by being with you and being a part of the family. So I want you to stop and reflect on what a good teacher you've been for your child up to this point. You have been more than competent. Your child can walk, run, catch a ball, run around, go trick-or-treating, sing happy birthday. They can do all kinds of things. Maybe your kindergartner is already reading. Maybe you've already taught them to read because they were so anxious. So you are more than competent to teach your child what they need to know because look how far your child has come since you held them for the very first time. So keep doing what you've been doing. In addition to what you've been doing, if you want to start adding a little bit of structure into your days, feel free to do that. It doesn't have to be anything like we're going to stand up, we're going to salute the flag, we're going to say the pledge, we're going to sing this song, we're going to sit at our desk, we're going to do this subject this time. You don't have to do any of that. If you want to add some structure into your days, then set up a simple routine that you're going to read some picture books for 15 or 20 minutes at this certain time, and you're going to work on chores for 15 or 20 minutes at this certain time, and you want to have them practice writing their letters, or you're going to start teaching them to read using a reading curriculum. Whatever it is that you want to add in, go ahead and just kind of figure out how you want to add that into your day if you want to get a little bit of structure. But again, please, I beg you, 
Don't feel pressured to take your your kindergartner, your five-year-old, your four-year-old from playing all day to sitting in a desk or at a table for several hours a day because they simply don't need it. There is nothing magical about the first day of school that turns your five-year-old from a child who plays all day to a child who needs to sit in a desk all day. There is nothing magical about the first day of school. It's a it's a societal construct that tells us, oh, now my child needs to be able to sit at a table all day with 25 other five-year-olds, and they need to all be able to sit there while we do lessons. If you have your child home with you, you can still live your life just like you have been living it up to this point and let your child still be a child and understand that play is a child's work. If your child is three years old, four years old, five years old, play is their work. Can you start adding in some structured elements? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good. But please don't just think that you have to all of a sudden change their life. If you are already a read aloud family, then I would encourage you to continue that and maybe ramp that up a little bit. And if your child is not used to sitting still and being read to, that's okay. Nobody says a child has to sit still to be read to. I listen to podcasts and audiobooks and sermons and other things while I'm cooking or cleaning or riding in the car. But for some reason, we want our little children to just sit still beside us while we read to them. So I would encourage you to ramp up the read alouds, picture books, chapter books, whatever it is you're reading aloud, and let your child move around if they want to move around. Okay, so don't Don't expect your child to all of a sudden be on this totally different plane of self-control and wanting to write things and do things like that just because the, quote, first day of school has come and gone. So keep doing the things you've been doing. Add in some chores and some structure if you want to. Increase your read-alouds and very, very gently, very gently start to bring in a little bit of formal learning as the months, weeks, year goes by. Maybe you move from just reading a stack of picture books to using a curriculum like five in a row where you have a picture book, you read it five days in a row, and there are art, science, math, English, social studies, and and biblical content that go along with that one picture book. That, by the way, is my number one recommended curriculum for kindergarten through second grade. Hands down, five in a row, I don't think you can do better than that. If you want a relaxed type of homeschool where you're spending time with your child and you're doing activities together, it's just an amazing curriculum. So it's called Five in a Row. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, so don't worry about trying to remember it. But if you want to start gently adding in some formal learning, I think Five in a Row is a wonderful way to do that. So first-time homeschool mom with a kindergartner, a couple of toddlers, and a baby on your lap, I want you to take a deep breath and relax. God gave you those children. He's given you the heart to have them at home with you, to teach them, 
You are more than capable. You are more than competent. So be confident in your calling to teach your children. Keep doing what you've been doing. These days are fleeting. You're not going to get a chance to do this with them again at this age. So please, please, please just enjoy every minute. Just enjoy every minute. Now, let's say you pulled your children out of school this year. That's a whole different set of moms. Maybe COVID last year, you had to bring the kids home and they did online school and you you weren't a real big fan of that. But you realized that you liked being with them and you liked helping them and teaching them things. So you've pulled your kids out of school. I've got a couple of things that I want to encourage you and help you with as well. The first thing is if you have pulled your kids out of school, take some time to just be together. Take some time to get your bearings and to remember that you all actually like each other. Take some time to maybe get your home in order, to get um, chore schedules down, to figure out, you know, how your days are going to flow and that kind of thing. If your kids are older, let them help you decide what they want to work on this year as far as their curriculum goes, if you don't have all that figured out. Um, don't rush into full school days. We always start slow. Our first week of school is usually two to three subjects. And then the next week, we usually add in one or two more. And then the next week, we kind of pull in whatever's left so that by the third, fourth week, we are into full on school days. But nobody says you have to do that. Nobody even says you have to do all the subjects all the time. You realize that. You could do all of your history in three or four months and then do all of your science the next three or four months. You set the schedule. But just don't don't feel like on day one, you need to do six hours of school. Don't feel like on day 100, you need to do six hours of school. Do fun activities together, break up the schoolwork by doing fun things, go on field trips, play games for part of their learning, go outside, go for a walk, exercise together. There are a lot of things you can do depending on where you live that will bring some fun and delight into your school days. And who doesn't want more delight in their life? Come on. I want lots of delight in my life. But just break your school day up. Just throw some fun stuff in there. Now, here is something that I really want to stress, and I want you to hear me, mamas. As soon as you start to feel frustrated, or your child is frustrated to the point of tears over something they're working on, this is so important. Take a break. If your child is doing math and they're crying and they're upset and you find yourself raising your voice or getting angry, it is important to take a break. Please hear me. I've been there and I have children who could tell you that I royally messed this up. I forced children through crying sessions. I disciplined children when I thought they weren't trying I have messed up here. And so hear me when I say, if you're getting frustrated with your child or your child is getting frustrated with the material, take a break. You are in charge. No one can tell you when to take breaks. When you feel that frustration, come on, just take a break. Go go outside for five minutes. 
just go shut yourself in the closet for 30 seconds, whatever it takes. Take a deep breath, take a break, then come back to it, okay? The second thing I want you to do is I want you to, as you're going along with this year, I want you to start noticing your child's strengths and weaknesses, okay? Notice where they're strong, notice where they struggle, and figure out a way to deal with both of those things. So maybe you work on their strength first thing, or maybe you work on their weak area first thing, so they get it done. Let them help you decide how it's going to look and where they want to start and what they want it to look like. And then notice strengths and weaknesses in the curriculum also. No curriculum is perfect. I have bought and returned and bought and sold and bought and given away and bought and thrown in the trash more curriculum than you would believe. I, yeah, I'm a bit of a curriculum junkie if I'm going to tell you the truth. I just cannot resist a shiny new piece of curriculum. So some of you have probably been the beneficiaries of that, and I have given you stuff and just said, here, just take it. I just don't want it anymore. So be aware of the curriculum you're using. Don't just Don't just give your child a stack of books and send them to their room to work in it. If they're not a high schooler and you haven't been homeschooling for a while, get familiar with the curriculum. Know what's in it. Know what it's teaching your child. Read your child's school books. Honestly, for two reasons, I read some of my child's school books. Number one, I always want to know what the content is. And I'm not saying you got to read it word for word. I haven't read the whole entire American history course my child is doing right now. But I want to know what's in there. And secondly, you learn. You still learn. So my 16-year-old daughter, Courtney, she is a history fanatic. And every time she reads a history lesson, she wants to talk to me about it. She wants to tell me all the details. But you know how she always starts these conversations? I'm going to tell you. She always says, Mom, did you know about so-and-so? And y'all, what am I going to do? If I say yes... Then I got to carry on a knowledgeable conversation about it. So she's always catching me having to say, um, I don't think I know about that. And then the light on her face when she gets to teach me history. It is incredible. It's it's one of the most fulfilling things about homeschooling is when your child gets to teach you about something they're passionate about. And all it takes is saying, I don't know. I don't know. Tell me. No, I don't think I've ever heard of that. And then what happens is inevitably I'll pull Google up and we'll start Googling stuff about it and we'll find out even more information. And that just, it just fills her up and it fills me up too. I get to spend that time with her. We have a great conversation. It gives her some deeper things to think about. And it's just, it's better than her just reading a textbook lesson, taking a test, filling out a worksheet, whatever it might be, we've shared it. We have shared those moments. So be aware of what's in the curriculum. Be aware of how your child is doing and be aware of what's in the curriculum. Um, And to kind of go along with that, I will just say, be the master of your homeschool. Don't let the books dictate what your days look like. Don't let the books dictate what your child learns. Don't let the books dictate anything. You're the master. You decide what you're going to do. You don't have to do every lesson in every book. It's it's all your choice and up to you. So just be the master of your homeschool. 
The last thing I want to tell you to do is just to enjoy your child. Just enjoy them. Y'all, I I have three high schoolers left. Out of 10 kids, I've graduated seven. I've got three high schoolers left. I don't have little kids sitting by me on the couch while I read a stack of picture books anymore. I'm not teaching. Listen, y'all, I have taught all 10 of my kids to do long division. I don't have to teach long division to a child anymore. I no longer need the little index card like I've had for 10 kids that on marker I just wrote. Divide, multiply, subtract, bring down. Divide, multiply, subtract, bring down. Do y'all have an index card like that to teach your child long division? Oh, man, I don't have to do that anymore. I'm not going to teach another child how to read or how to add and subtract. So take it from this old mom. Enjoy your child. Don't let homeschooling be frustrating or get the better of you. And don't let anyone make you feel like you can't do this or you shouldn't do this. Don't let a school teacher or a family member or your own parents or someone at church or your doctor or a friend or anyone make you feel like you shouldn't homeschool your child. You are more than competent. You are more than capable. And that is what I have to tell you today. That's my encouragement. If you're homeschooling for the first time, just try to enjoy the year as much as you can. Spend that time with your child. Try to enjoy your child. Now, before I go, I just want to remind you, go to onefaithfulmom.com slash begin to grab your free download. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If this podcast has encouraged you in the past, or this is the first episode you've ever heard, would you mind going over to iTunes or to your podcast app and leave a rating and review? I would really, really love it if you would do that. If you've already done it, thank you so much. I know some of you have done that. So thank you. Um, I want to say if you're not on my email list, you might want to get on that. I sent an email out yesterday. When this podcast comes out, it was yesterday. And in it, I confessed a really embarrassing thing that happened to me last week that went almost a week without me even knowing I had done it. So then I got to be really embarrassed because I knew other people had already heard about it and had witnessed it, and I didn't know that. So if you want to hear things like One Faithful Mom Herself's Most Embarrassing Moments and My True Confessions, which I share fairly regularly. If you want to hear those, if you just go over to onefaithfulmom.com, you can get on my email list. If you grab that homeschool download, that will put you on my email list. And you also will find out about the embarrassing things that I do. Now, I want you to remember, mamas, it only takes one faithful mom to change the world. So whether you homeschool or not, you go be that one faithful mom for your family. And I will see you next time, friends.